welcome to another episode of NACS Health Center News. My name is Marisol Murphy-Ballantyne. In 2010, President Barack Obama signed the Affordable Care Act into law, expanding health insurance coverage to millions. However, later the Supreme Court ruled that states could opt out of expanding Medicaid, resulting in a system where eligibility varied from state to state and impacting the number of individuals who qualified for coverage. Also impacted were community health centers, who were charged with educating and enrolling the newly eligible. Today we're discussing how federal funding for outreach and enrollment activities impacted health centers in both expansion and non-expansion states, and how that funding and O&E activities helped create new quality programs at health centers. Community health centers are the healthcare safety net and trusted community resources for many. As such, they are the obvious grassroots vehicle for helping those who are uninsured get educated about and enroll in health coverage. So in 2013, the Health Resources Services Administration's Bureau of Primary Health Care awarded $150 million in funds specifically for O&E activities to over 1,000 health centers nationwide. While health centers have a previous history helping patients enroll in services like the Children's Health Insurance Program and Medicaid and Medicare, this new push to get patients covered, along with the HRSA funding, meant changes for health centers, says Dave Chandrasekharan, a health policy expert, volunteer certified application counselor, and consultant who has been working with the community health centers and helping with performance improvement plans on their outreach and enrollment capacities. Funding from HHS was certainly a key catalyst to help health centers expand capacity rapidly to prepare for the 2014 coverage options. So most health centers I've looked at have a long history of finding creative ways to maintain or expand services even when there's fiscal constraints. But funding from HHS was certainly a key catalyst to help health centers expand capacity rapidly to prepare for the 2014 coverage options. Without it, health centers would have been overwhelmed by the demand for enrollment services by uninsured patients. Along with that expansion and the anticipation of an increase in patients served came the realization that health centers would need to adapt in new ways. As new funding became available in 2013 and with the approach of the ACA's coverage expansions in 2014, it was clear that health centers needed to focus on eligibility and enrollment in a few different ways. So these included operationally in terms of how to incorporate these expanded services to considerably more eligible patients in a day-to-day operations and also staffing, so bringing in these new staff and training them with a comprehensive set of skills and knowledge related to the ACA coverage programs, and also culturally, so getting the entire organization to adopt the so-called culture of enrollment, from the senior-most executives at the C-suite level to mid-level and lower-level management to frontline staff that often engage with patients the most to even janitors and receptionists, IT staff, and others. Everyone needed to be committed to the goal of linking all eligible patients to coverage. Now, the funding support was critical because it enabled the health centers not only to invest in new staffing by hiring these enrollment sisters, but also to use it as a moment to reevaluate their outreach and enrollment programs and restructure them for the new coverage landscape ushered in by the Affordable Care Act. Dave says funding, specifically investing in outreach and enrollment, helps some health centers fund new services. In one situation, which is actually featured in the most recent case study about Partnership Community Health Center in Wisconsin, the health center analyzed their data during open enrollment, and they noticed that roughly half of all the uninsured consumers being enrolled were originating from one hospital in the area. And so they worked out a partnership with that hospital, which ended up funding additional enrollment staff. 
So there were many ways that investing in outreach and enrollment services was helping them expand capacity and find new sources to continue that expansion as demand continued. Partnership Community Health Center in Wisconsin, a non-expansion state, recognized the importance of partnerships early in their outreach and enrollment efforts, says Patricia Cervella, the health center's development director. Well, we recognized early on that we couldn't do this work alone. And interestingly, at the same time the Affordable Care Act was rolling out, we were changing our name from uh, Fox Cities Community Health Center to Partnership Community Health Center. And we were very intentional about that. And using our name and our new logo and our mission really brought people together around partnering around the rollout of this. We started with the Wisconsin Primary Health Care Association, the county and DHS in the state to establish regional enrollment networks where we were able to bring people from the multi-sector group to really begin to learn about what was going to be happening when Open Enrollment 1 first came. But the work didn't just stop at forming partnerships. The health center also knew everyone involved needed to understand what went into actually reaching out to the community to inform them and enroll them into coverage. I think early on we needed to make sure that people understood is that community outreach is much more than just a flyer and enrollment is much more than filling out applications. According to Chandra Sekaran, successful O&E operations meant understanding the impact of the health care coverage changes on the different populations in the community. As 2014 approached, the most important step in outreach and enrollment was to really understand your patient population. Successful health centers were the ones that understood who they currently served, what the new coverage options were in their state and in their region, and then targeted the messages and enrollment services based on how each population was going to be affected. So you really had to understand what was happening to each of your patient populations, both the uninsured and the insured ones, to prepare accordingly. Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker and the state legislature declined to expand Medicaid and declined to establish a state-based marketplace. As a result, different populations were affected in varying ways. The state partially expanded and partially scaled back coverage in Badger Care Plus, Wisconsin's Medicaid, for certain populations. Partnership knew some people were going to be losing their coverage and needed to be informed about their options. The people who at 101% to 133% of the federal poverty level, because those were the people who were losing their Medicaid coverage, who traditionally had been insured for a number, you know, maybe their whole life. And then at the time of that January 1st cut, that was going to go away, and they were going to find themselves without insurance. These were the working poor. These were parents who were making, you know, a little bit above that 100% of the poverty level, and they needed to go out to the marketplace. And that was really another tailored approach, was how best to reach these people who, one, might not even know they were losing their coverage, and two, finding out that their coverage is gone, maybe at point of service, at the pharmacy and other places, and how to capture that population to get them in that time frame of open enrollment to enroll. Getting people covered meant addressing the diverse barriers to coverage faced by the community. Maintaining that relationship that we have with the community is really important. We've moved into the um, working with the Hmong community. We have one of the first CACs in the state that is a CAC and a navigator working with our Hmong population. This has been been huge because many of the Hmong um, have large families. Now the older adults are their kids are growing up, so they're transitioning off of Medicaid and need to go into the marketplace. This community has not been prepared in any way to understand any of these nuances in their coverage, so we've been able to do a lot of work with the Hmong. The changing demographics of our Latino population and our refugees is huge. Also farm workers. There's been a lot of work around that. 
one of the things we're doing too right now in the quote off season of open enrollment is working with all of our transition living and people experiencing homelessness because many of those people also um, churn through the Medicaid cycle, become employed, and then lose their employment and then lose their housing and come back onto being you know in a homeless situation. So there's that flux in insurance coverage, and many of them suffer from very complex medical and mental health issues and losing that coverage particularly if they go out into day labor or do other things that just bumps them over that $984 a month which is our Medicaid eligibility at 100% of the poverty level puts them back into the marketplace and that's a very fragile situation with a very large and growing fragile population that we want to make sure that remains in coverage. Another piece I think is we've been working very closely with the county and the jail so we have an incarceration to coverage to care So as people are transitioning out of our county jail, they're getting information about enrollment. Um, Many of them may be Medicaid eligible initially, but as part of their parole or probation, employment is very important. Therefore, if they're making a little bit over that 100%, they need to go into marketplace plans. So we see about 75 people that come out each month from our county jail that um, some of them, um, one gentleman showed up late to his enrollment appointment because he was waiting for his special effects to be given back to him. So we were his first step out of jail right over to enrollment. Thinking outside the box on outreach resulted in a demand for enrollment assistance from regular patients and also other community members who perhaps did not frequent the health center often. In 2013, when we first started enrolling, we knew that most of our patients would be that Medicaid switchover, those those childless adults. But we recognized that there were people out in the community who would be coming to us for support in enrollment activity, but we didn't know who they were. After 2013 and then into 2014, we did a, a data run to see who was actually accessing our services and where they were coming from. We were able to do this through our electronic medical record and do a little run. We found that the majority of marketplace patients were not necessarily health center patients. They were patients coming from our large hospital system. And as we looked at the patients that had been uninsured and now enrolled into marketplace and some of them into Medicaid, we found that it was almost a full panel for a provider that we were actually through our work able to now ensure We brought this data back to the hospital, and we've had a long-term relationship with the hospital from the beginning of our health center roots, and executives from the hospital sit on our board as well, and we were able to say, as a result of our enrollment, we have enrolled close to 1,500 of your previously uninsured patients. This is a huge cost savings to your system. This is a whole relationship that we didn't really know was going to be one of the outcomes from this work. And from that, we were able to then request some grant support, some funding to say, as we're doing this for the total community, this needs to not be a health center activity. This needs to be a community response. And the hospital, because they benefit in many ways the most from having an insured population come through, need it to be really at the table with that, not only in in support, as they were in our United Way think tank group, but really with some financial support there as we started to move their patients through a coverage to care position. Tricia says that every day is open enrollment. We also have built in um, the work with the sliding fee scale that that's part of an enrollment activity. That when you come in to see us, again, it's just not that application. It's really this continuum of things. So we will enroll you into the health center. 
We'll fill out your sliding fee scale. We'll do a look back to any visits that you've had that might have been covered by Medicaid. So as a revenue capture, this is a great function that we're able to do. And also then look at opportunities of things that are coming up. Are you eligible for certain things due to increase in income or changes in life events, which happens every day in the life of health center patients and the community. So to have enrollment staff only there for open enrollment periods is really at a disadvantage to the organization and the community because there, as we say, there's no off-season in enrollment. Creating a culture of enrollment allowed Partnership Community Health Center to fill a gap in their community and reaffirm their role as a trusted community resource. On the other side of the spectrum was Mountain Comprehensive Health Corporation in southeastern Kentucky. Bucking a southern trend, then-Kentucky Governor Steve Bashir elected to expand Medicaid and launch the state's own health insurance exchange called Connect. Expanding Medicaid meant more Kentuckians would be eligible for coverage. Mountain Comprehensive Health Corporation received just over $100,000 in funding and also used that funding to build an enrollment-centered culture within their organization. For the Kentucky Health Center, which serves 130,000 patients in five counties, the expansion had positive effects, according to Teresa Fleming, Director of Financial Affairs. It was a very positive impact for MCHC. We were able to get our self-pay patients down from a 19% rate to a 4% rate. When the expansion was announced, the health center quickly began preparing for the anticipated enrollment assistant needs of their community. We decided to train people from all areas so that when the patient came in, they had opportunity to be touched by different people. So basically no one would be missed. So the front desk staff were trained. The billing staff was trained. All the administration staff was trained. I, I know how to enroll patients. And we also did all the other staff as far as just education. So if a patient came in and they made just a comment, they're like, oh, wait a minute. Let, let me get you straight to O&E. And the biggest thing is we didn't want anyone to wait. Because, you know, if you have to wait an hour for a process like this, chances are you're not going to stick around and do it. So we, we wanted to make sure that everyone had that opportunity when they presented. We also took the information from our registration forms. We gather um, income and family size for UDS purposes anyway, so we were proactive to go ahead and run that list and contact those patients and said, hey, did you know this is coming? You know, you may benefit. We may be able to get you some coverage. The health center also conducted a significant amount of inreach and outreach to inform the public of their options and their ability to assist them in signing up. Communication is key. It's very important to get the word out to not only the patients, but the staff in the community. Originally, like I said, with the staff, we did inreach. We, we trained 27 people, but we made sure that all the other staff knew what was going on. So we've actually had providers call a, an o staff member because, let's say, for example, the patient was in the room and getting ready to be sent to the hospital. And for whatever reason, they decided to not talk to the o staff first. We have signed people up in the room before they go to the hospital because the hospital may not accept a self-pay patient. So we already had that done for the hospital before they got there. So even the providers bought in because they understood the importance and what that would do for their patients. So also what we did with outreach is we actually have a local government channel. Uh, We live in a really rural area, so that was one way to kind of get the word out. We filmed our staff doing a mock O&E visit so that they could understand how simple the process was and what the questions were. That did well. We also even set up in local grocery store aisles just to catch the patients. We did any local event that anyone would have us. We would go to the churches. We would go to the senior citizens meetings. Uh, Any other civic organization that we could talk to, we would. Facebook, I'll be honest with you, social media was uh, was a big help in this. We would put a message on there. I know I would do this personally. Hey, I'm home. If anybody has any questions about Connect, give me a call. 
And you would not believe the private messages I would get from people who were interested but maybe didn't want to come to the clinic because a lot of people that we also helped were working people that didn't have insurance at all but maybe were ashamed to come in and ask about it. So we would sign them up privately. We also did these big events. We called them Sunday socials. We partnered with the local hospital and other health organizations, and we would have a gospel singing on Sunday. And it would be um, a big, we, we turned it into a health fair, an outreach fair. We serve free food. But we'd have 200 to 250 people show up to those events as well. So it's just t- kind of a different outreach. We tried to reach everyone that we could. Enrollment assister is not typically a role a director of financial affairs fills, but Teresa stepped in along with everyone else at the health center. I, I enjoyed it because I have to admit, from the start, I saw it as a business model to turn self-pay patients into insurance patients. But when I saw the first patients, and, and I literally had a woman cry on me because she was going to, have to finance her house because she needed gallbladder surgery. Her husband had to pass. She had no coverage. She was in that gap. Knowing that she could get that care, I was I was a believer. And then in our area at the time, we have suffered a significant loss of um, employment. And so we saw grown men coming in wanting to know what they could do to get insurance for their families. And so I was so happy and thankful that we were able to help our community because it is a small community and we can truly see the impact. Outreach and enrollment activities also offered opportunities to work on creating other positive impacts at the health center. Then on the other side of it, we turned it into quality. We were able to focus on health care measures. And that's what we did with the uh, positive impact of um, O&E for us. We formed quality teams. So I'll give you an example. Our colorectal cancer screening rate was 19% in, in 2013. It's now at 64% as of June of 2016. We have uh, a, we were able to put those resources toward that. Our O&E staff that are dedicated are actually taught to help in quality. So while the patient's there now, they can kind of, while they're on the phone with the, the system, if there's any problems or whatever, they can also talk to the patient about, hey, have you had this screening or did you know this or did you know that? And so we're really trying to focus on quality as well. As you all know, Kentucky does not rank very high when it comes to health outcomes. And so we're hoping that this expansion of Medicaid and the ACA will be able to change that around. They were also able to provide new programs and services to their patients and help contribute to their community's economy. One thing our health center did with the, with the additional revenue from switching self-pay patients to an insurance bucket was start certain programs like our quality program, our pharmacy program, which is F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, and we also expanded other services like optometry. Every health center's approach to outreach and enrollment is unique, says Dave. So creating a culture of enrollment was very unique to different health centers because of where they started from and because of the unique aspects of their existing culture and because of what part of the country they were in. But by and large, one of the most important things was having the commitment to enrollment come from the top, from the CEO. It had to be coming from that um, space of leadership and brought in through an inclusive process and dialogue with staff that were frontline, staff that didn't work with uh, uninsured patients, to make sure everyone understood why they were making that commitment. Although the challenges and opportunities in implementing outreach and enrollment may have been different for each health center, Trisha, Teresa, and Dave agree the time and effort is worth it. It was a great opportunity to really bring a new message out, particularly from our health center, because we had been a free clinic and for many years, we didn't still have to kind of shake that off our shoulders. It was our historical entity, but it wasn't who we were. And by by moving ourselves into this whole new 
public health venue of really getting people connected to this big national agenda of healthcare allowed this you know little tiny health center to really roar around important issues and really bring it to the forefront, particularly because we were in a state that did not expand Medicaid. And here we were looking at the needs that our patients were going to be facing, but not only our patients, the community in general. And this gave us a step outside of our regular health center world to say, we have a whole community that we need to start to talk about this issue too. Teresa says, make the most of it. Take advantage. Take advantage of the wonderful opportunity to improve patient care, access, and help your communities and your centers in the long term. I'd like to congratulate Mountain Comprehensive Health Corporation and Partnership Community Health Center on their achievements with outreach and enrollment. I'd also like to thank Teresa, Trisha, and Dave for taking the time to speak with us. Learn more about how MCHC and PCHC successfully implemented outreach and enrollment activities. Read NAC's latest O&E case studies at urlbit.ly backslash fqhc underscore oe. Interested in keeping up with the latest health center news? Follow us on Twitter at NACHC. Thanks for listening. Music by Ben Sound www.bensound.com